Welcome to day 334 of Shaped by the Word, season two, the drama of Scripture. And I hate to do this, but uh, we're going to have to fast forward a little bit into the book of Acts. Uh, I spent all of last summer preparing for this by picking 260 readings from Scripture and what agony and everything that you had to leave out <laughs> and to uh, leave part of this story out uh, has also been kind of an agony as well. But uh, we take Paul, we've, we've taken him through you know, his missionary journeys to his return to Jerusalem, and he's in a hurry to get back you know, to the city of Jerusalem uh, because in coming to Jerusalem, he, he very much wants to get there for Passover, and he very much wants to uh, be there with the people to deliver this offering that he's been collecting all over the Mediterranean basin in order to extend this wonderful gift of support from the Gentiles uh, to uh, the Jewish brothers who had serious doubts about uh, these Gentiles. And this gift of love is to bind them you know, together as they sacrifice for their Jewish brothers. So we pick up in chapter 20. Uh, we come up you know, to uh, verse 13 as Paul is sailing back toward Jerusalem. He stops uh, to greet the elders at Ephesus. And this is one of the most endearing scenes mm-hmm. in, in all of Scripture. So before we read, Matt, you mind lifting us up? Yeah. Father, we are grateful for the grace that we have in Christ Jesus. We're grateful for your word, and, and you're the kind of guy who has spoken to us and revealed yourself to us through your word. And so as we spend some time in Acts 20 and 21 today, Father, would you use it to strengthen our faith? And we thank you that you are the one who strengthens the churches, and you are the one who gives growth and and brings transformation. And so, Father, we ask that you would use your word to accomplish your purposes in us. Father, cause us to be your people in this place and to walk with you, um, enjoying you and worshiping you. Uh, Father, we thank you for this time together. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Acts chapter 20, verse 13. We went ahead to the ship and sailed for Hesos, where we were going to take Paul aboard. He made this arrangement because he was going there on foot. When we met Asos, we took him aboard and went on to Miletan. And then the next day we set sail and arrived off of Chios. The day after that we crossed off over the Samos and the following day to Miletus. Paul had decided to sail past Ephesus to avoid spending time in the province of Asia for he was in a hurry to reach Jerusalem, if possible, by the day of Pentecost. From Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church. When they arrived, he said to them, You know how I lived the whole time that I was with you from the first day I came to the province of Asia. Serve the Lord with great humility and with tears in the midst of severe testing uh, by the plots of my Jewish opponents. You know that I've not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly and from house to house. I declare to you both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Now I know that none of you among whom I am going about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. Therefore, I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of any of you, for I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of Christ, of God. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. 
So be on your guard. Remember that for three years, I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. Now I'm commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I've not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. And everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak, remembering the words of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Paul had finished speaking. He knelt down with all of them and prayed. They all wept as they embraced and kissed him. What grieved them most was his statement that they would never see his face again. Then they accompanied him to the ship. And we're going to do another little fast forward and pick up in chapter 21, verse 17. When we arrived at Jerusalem, and we've uh, safely gotten Paul on shore, when we arrived at Jerusalem, the brothers and sisters received us warmly. The next day, Paul and the rest of us went to see James, and all the elders were present. Paul greeted them and reported in detail what God had done among the Gentiles through his ministry. When they heard this, they praised God, and they said to Paul, You see, brother, how many thousands of Jews have believed, and all of them are zealous for the law. They've been informed that you teach all the Jews who live among Gentiles to turn away from Moses, telling them not to circumcise their children or living according to our customs. What shall we do? And we'll certainly hear that you have come. So do what we tell you. Um, There are four men with us who have made a vow. Take these men, join in their purification rites, and pay their expenses so that they can have their heads shaved. Then everyone will know that there is no truth in these reports about you, but that you yourself are living in obedience to the law. As for the Gentile believers, we have written to them our decision that they should abstain from food sacrificed to idols, from blood, and from the meat of strangled animals, and from sexual immorality. The next day, Paul took uh, the men and purified himself along with them. Then he went to the temple to give notice of the date when the days of purification would end and the offerings would be made for each of them. When the seven days were nearly over, some Jews uh, from the province of Asia saw Paul at the temple. They stirred up the whole crowd and seized him, shouting, Fellow Israelites, help us. This is the man who teaches everywhere and everyone against our people and our law in this place. And besides, he has brought Greeks into the temple and defiled this holy place. They had previously seen Trophimus, the Ephesian, in the city with Paul and assumed that Paul had brought him into the temple. The whole city was aroused and the people came running from all directions. Seizing Paul, they dragged him from the temple and immediately the gates were shut. While they were trying to kill him, news reached the commander of the Roman troop that the whole city of Jerusalem was in an uproar. He at once took some officers and soldiers and ran down to the crowd. When the rioters saw the commander and his soldiers, they stopped beating Paul. The commander came up and arrested him and ordered him to be bound with two chains. And then he asked who he was and what he had done. Some of the crowd shouted one thing and some another. And since the commander could not get at the truth because of the uproar, he ordered that Paul be taken into the barracks. When Paul reached the steps, the violence of the mob was so great that he had to be carried by the soldiers. The crowd that followed kept shouting, Get rid of him. As the soldiers were about to take Paul into the barracks, he asked the commander, May I say something to you? Do you speak Greek? He replied. Aren't you the Egyptian who started a revolt and led 4,000 terrorists out into the wilderness uh, some time ago? Paul answered, I'm a Jew from Tarsus in Cilicia, a citizen of no ordinary city. Please let me speak to the people. After receiving the commander's permission, Paul stood on the steps and motioned to the crowd. When they were all silent, he said to them in Aramaic, 
And I've obviously gone past today's reading, which should have stopped about a paragraph ago. But anyway, you're ready for next week <laughs> and another edition of Shaped by the Word, season two. <laughs> like, the man, drama, the drama of stop. scripture. What yes. good drama. <laughs> so we have Paul from the warm moment uh, where he's received in Ephesus and the tears and uh, the deep affection you know, that's formed in Christ. And we have him come to the city of Jerusalem and received by the believers you know, with affection. But there are many believers who are coming and I'm more than likely from the party of Pharisees because there's such a natural you know, respect for the word. You know, it's happening, but they are zealous for the law. And there's all kinds of rumors about how Paul is relating to the law. Some of them are semi-true. Uh, he's not encouraging anyone who is Jewish to be any less Jewish mm-hmm. unless, of course, you find yourself in the, in the middle of table fellowship and that's being interrupted. So he confronts uh, you know, Peter to to his face to challenge him, him, you know, to build bridges, you know, toward the Gentiles. So the, 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 there's some truth to it, but, but Paul himself has maintained, you know, his loyalty to the law. He's even had Timothy be circumcised so that he can have That's a true. witness, you know, to Jewish believers, uh, you know, but but still there, there there's this huge tension between law and grace, and we still feel it today. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a tension that every one of us will experience, matter of fact, as we uh, try to live in obedience to Christ through the power of the Spirit. I love Paul's description, you know, or just words to the elders. You know, as he's getting ready to leave and he's talking to the church, and he says, I mean, there are lots of things we can talk about, but you know, now I commit to you, I, I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. You know, sometimes as mm-hmm. leaders, or, and I can imagine for Paul, like you just assume that so much of the responsibility falls on your shoulders and and to be able to say, no, you know, I commit you to God and the word of his grace. He's the one who builds you up. He's the one. We've talked about that mini theme of kind of strengthening. You know, that God is the mm-hmm. one who strengthens the churches. He's the one who builds up. He's the one who, you know, causes us to, to grow. And he's the one who brings sanctification. Yeah, what a you know, beautiful, you know, uh, we can call in the book of Acts, the word of God, the word of Christ. And here we have another one, the word of grace, uh, which is able to build you up. And of course, we're reminded of what the writer of Hebrews would later say it's it's living and active it's not you know simply a bunch of propositions on the page that leads you to some theological conclusions it's the very power of God and the work of God Mm -hmm. you know in us to transform us uh, into the image of Christ we ought to also notice there that he uses the word sanctified in a way we don't normally use it he talks about complete sanctification Mm-hmm. In other words, the very fact that we have come to Christ means that we have been made holy. Yeah. And so we can think of our sanctification not simply as a process of growth, but we can think of our you know, sanctification as something that has happened, something that is happening, and something that will one day happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have been made holy, we are being made holy, and we will be holy. Yeah. And, and, and what a great word. It's a process, of course. Uh, Paul is telling us. Uh, that happens as our inheritance, as the word of grace works in our hearts and lives. And Paul was so incredible. His ministry, I, I marvel at this, that he could have a ministry both to Jews and Greeks. I mean, he really kind of filled that gap. I mean, I, he was probably hated by both, but yet he could <laughs> yeah. speak to both. Um, but I did appreciate, too, um, where he said he had served the Lord with great humility and with tears in the midst of severe testing. And, you know, that... 
that says a lot too of a, a leader. I mean, yeah. serving yeah. with great humility. What a crazy case of uh, yeah. mistaken identity. Aren't you the Egyptian that yeah, had 4,000 exactly. terrorists out, out of the water? <laughs> no. Yeah. no, not me. Not but on the other end of that, what he's yeah. talking about when he says, I'm from Tarsus, no ordinary city. Yeah. That is exactly what he's talking about because, you know, the, the Roman. Uh, you know, centurions already surprised you. You speak, you speak Greek. Yeah. And he said, I grew up in an atmosphere uh, where I was not only interacting, you know, with the very best of Jewish thought, I was interacting with the very best of Greek thought. And of course, that's how God in his sovereignty right. uh, planned him for this moment, for this place, mm-hmm. and, and for mm-hmm. this ministry. I love that. Yeah. It's good. And then, uh, you know, as he's talking to the elders, we've seen that throughout our readings, you know, the the shepherds of Israel failed time and time again, you know, yeah. to, to shepherd the people. And so, what does Paul tell them as he's leaving? You mm-hmm. know, verse twenty-eight: Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock, um, of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, in which He bought with His own blood. So again, just a. I've always liked that. That's oh just, yeah, obviously, church life can be really complicated, but I just love the beautiful description he, he makes it here of mm-hmm. keep watch yourself and, and guard the flock. Be good shepherds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, this is a work of the Holy Spirit, right. yeah. you know, of which he has made you an overseer of the body of Christ, of which he is the head shepherd. There's so much beautiful mm-hmm. in this. And, of course, uh, we as a fellowship are, you know, considering that right now as we uh, you know, come into a time when we're, uh, we'll be presenting to the church and new elder candidates. And uh, this is really the heart of what it is, is it's to be shepherds to care for the flock mm-hmm. uh, after the pattern of the good shepherd mm-hmm. uh, david once you uh, uh bring this week to did we ask you to pray at the start of this i don't know not prayed. Not prayed oh, right. okay right. i won't book we, we always argue every one of us are so eager to pray that we, we argue for this privilege <laughs> to close out the this week. Whole podcast already yeah, yeah. david why don't you close <laughs> us out? father we do thank you that you are the chief shepherd and, and you lead us well um, we thank you so much for Christ, who's the head of his church. And, and we do thank you that you have called men to, to be shepherds, to be elders, to care for the flock. Um, and even ask now that you'd be with Christ church through our process of this. And that we would have faithful men who deeply love you and deeply love your church and, and deeply love its people. And be willing to, to suffer and go through hardship for the sake of the gospel uh, in order to present um, the church um, blameless and spotless we know this is a work of your spirit so spirit we ask that you would do this um, among us in us um, to glorify christ and to give us deep and lasting joy we pray this all in his name amen